Welcome to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast. Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Rocco. And this is episode 20 of Destination Linux. Hi, Rob. Hello, Rocco. How are you, buddy? I've been doing pretty good, man. We took a week off, brother. Yes, we did. And I really missed it, actually. Uh, you know, I just something didn't seem right. Something felt out of place. And I realized it's that we didn't do a podcast last week. We didn't. So just scheduling conflicts and technical difficulties. Just, hey, that's just the way it is. That's life, Rob. Primarily technical difficulties. Primarily. But some of them. And I will say, I got to say, the people at Zoom and Zoom is the video recording software that we use. And we had an issue where there was a release that they put out and the way I record it, it wasn't working properly. So I emailed their tech support and they, within a day said, here, run these, run this, let us know what's going on with this. So I ran the commands. I sent the info back to them. And within a day, they had put out a test build to fix the issue and said, Hey, here, you can run this. And that fix will be in the next release. So wow. that was awesome, dude. Now that's customer service. Way to go. That Zoom. was great customer service. Yeah. Well, shout out to Zoom then for sure. <clears throat> um, it's yeah, it's certainly we have found that Zoom for what we're wanting to do seems to be the best fit. So uh, we appreciate it has it. all the options we're looking for. That's right. That's right. So what's been going on Linux wise? Are you running anything new and different? No, I am still on Ubuntu GNOME. And I am having an issue with, uh, no, well, I did have one issue that I fixed already where I was just freezing, like hard freezing, where no walk control backspace, no, you couldn't do anything. I had to reset the computer every time. And this was happening often. And I narrowed it down to being problems with GDM. And yeah. I uninstalled that, installed LightDM, and... Everything seems to be working good on that end, but I still have an issue where if I go over to the power settings or when I go to log out or restart the computer, it'll take probably 20 seconds for that to pop up. Mm. Now, I don't know if that's a a GNOME issue or if it, maybe it's my SSD that's hesitating. I'm not sure, but other than that, it's actually been run pretty good. I got it set up just the way I want it. So it's probably time to switch. <laughs> <laughs> That's truly the way it goes. It's like, ah, this is such a nice operating system here. The desktop's just beautiful, exactly the way I want it. And then, bam, for what, what clicks, Rocco? What's wrong with us? I, I don't know, man. It's a, it's too comfortable then. It just works too well. <laughs> we just want change. And, you know, some people don't like change, but, you know. Yeah. Change is good sometimes. Yes, it is. Well, speaking of change, that's actually a terrific lead-in. Uh, we're going to be changing some things in the artwork area of Destination Linux with our logos and everything. And I want to give a huge shout-out to Carl Snyder. And uh, we got to get him on the show, okay? I would we love gotta, to. Yeah, we got to set that up. Um, we're going to be revamping our, uh, should I say, as bland as bland can be, artwork on the Destination Linux channel. <laughs> so hey, look, it was a quick thing to throw together <laughs> to start the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It definitely but, wasn't done by a professional. No, absolutely not. So Carl's been working with us on the uh, banner 
for the YouTube channel, as well as the logo that we'll be using, you know, for the podcast and, and as well as YouTube and everything. So it's, it's almost there. We've narrowed some things down and we're going to hook back up with Carl and uh, really look forward to kind of displaying that. And it may be ready. It depends on Carl's schedule, of course, because um, we're absolutely not paying him big bucks. We're not paying him anything, actually. Zero bucks. <laughs> Zero dollars <laughs> is what we're paying him. And we probably should pay him something. Yeah, we should. Yes, we should. Um, so hopefully or maybe possibly that'll be up uh, by the time you are watching this video. So. Yep. Yep, I am super excited. The uh, the um, prototypes that he's been putting out have been fantastic. So yeah, um, I'm pretty excited to see what it looks like when it's done. The man's got talent. He does. All right, so um, Rob, we've also had some comments for from people to set up a Patreon page, and we are in the process of setting up a Patreon page. But we're not there yet. And I we just want to let everybody know we will set up a Patreon page so that you can donate if you'd like to donate. But we will never be a paid for podcast. Uh I don't believe in it, and Rob, you don't believe in it. No. And it's just something that we do this because we enjoy it. We do it because we like it. Okay. If there are donations that come in. That's great. And if there's none, we're still going to do it. We didn't start it for the money. Right. So we will have a Patreon page. You're setting that up, correct? Correct. Yep. We, we're getting, we're, we're almost complete with it. So, um, it will be there if somebody does want to donate, but it's definitely not a necessity and it's definitely not something that needs to happen. No, no. I think if you talk with most podcasters out there that are doing it, they're doing it because they are into the subject matter. They enjoy it. Uh, and that's the same with us. I think if you talk with most of them, they'll say, no, I'm certainly not in it for the money. And we are not in it for the money. And we both feel really the same way. We're thrilled if someone were to donate and we want to apply that to, you know, funding people like Carl and, and pass that on. You know, well, this is not to say that this, this doesn't cost us anything because it right. does cost us. I mean, we do pay for certain things, including you know, server and right. video and, and whatnot. So there are costs involved. But like I said, there it's not like we need to pass that on to everybody else. That's this, right. We started this because we enjoyed what we did. We enjoyed talking. And there you go. And thanks to Rocco's dead rich uncle, we got all that stuff covered in you. No, I'm just right, kidding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How yeah. do you think Rocco gets all those cars that he's got on his wallpaper? Hey, look, I got videos. <laughs> look, Rob, here's the thing. I don't have to own all those cars to enjoy them. No. I get no, to enjoy them just by looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's great, man. All right. So what do we got over at Distro Watch, Robin? Well, we've got a couple of releases that I want to just kind of focus in on. And one is Farron OS. And that is a distro that is a spin of Mint using Cinnamon Desktop. And there's some additional tweaks and everything going on there. If you've never taken a look at Farron, it really looks different from any other distro out there from in the theming department. Uh, there's going to be a new welcome screen and, and uh, several other things there. Um I've actually, uh, it's been several months now, and I need to put that 
on a drive somewhere and take a fresh look at it. But I was really impressed with the theming capability of Farron, and it really fits the bill for someone who loves to change things up. So have you have you run that? Well, I haven't run it uh, because I haven't tried it lately. And the one time that I had tried it before, uh, I couldn't get it installed. Okay. But it, I'm sure that it is um, better now. I just got to I just got to actually download it and try it. But this is something for somebody who uh, enjoys maybe the Windows look. Yes. And, you know, like like we said before, we're not haters of Windows or not everything of Windows. Um and some of it is, some of it does look good. And if you're a, a fan of how Windows is set up as far as what it looks like, this has multiple ways to make it look different for different versions of Windows. And it almost is on par with something like Zorin OS. Well, I was just going to say, I think it actually has jumped ahead of Zorin because the last version of Zorin Although it had the three modes, it wasn't as full-featured as what you can switch now with Farron. Well, so, and the other thing is Farron is free. And if you want right. the, some of the looks in Zorn OS, you have to pay for that. So yeah. here you have a free operating system that you can download, change it. He makes it really simple and really easy to change different themes around and, and looks. And I think it's great. Yep, it's got new preview pop-ups and things like that so that you kind of get an idea or a feel for what you're about to switch over into and everything. So, all right, well, let's decide that we're going to definitely load that up and give it a give it a check. Yeah, I, so. I need to because I haven't done it for a while. Well, there's something else new on the horizon that both you and I have been running. I've been running it on a netbook, and it's been, and I've got to say, uh, it's been running great on the netbook, and that is Mate Revenge. So that's the new family member to the OB Revenge family or the Revenge family. Yep. And it has been running so well, man. Like, I know that Ubuntu Mate runs well. Okay, there's no question about that. But I still have certain issues with Ubuntu Mate as far as, like, things crashing. You'll get the little pop-up notice saying, hey, this crashed or that crashed. And not one time did this stutter. Not one time did you have a pop-up saying anything crashed. You change, I could change things around, change the layout around. Everything just worked perfect. So you have it built on already Mate, which is highly customizable. And then you add in all of the features that the, uh, the Revenge series brings in, like the repos and the tools, all the stuff that Jody put into it. I'm telling you, if you're a Monte fan and you're an Arch fan, you got to check this out. It's a really good combination. And I applaud Jody because he did a better job than one of my favorite distros, which is Interagus, uh, with the Monte desktop. Because now I haven't, okay, granted, I haven't run lately uh, the Monte desktop on Interagus, but Jody incorporated the, um, the Monte tweak and everything with the pre built themes. He's got a He's got an OBR theme built in, but yep. you still get the Cupertino and all of the others. So he has basically taken all of those features that some of the other uh, distros using Mate exclude. And he's got that included. So uh, and then, like you said, it hasn't skipped a beach yet as far as just being smooth and everything. So well, good and, job, and Rob. Who's the artwork by? Yes, Carl Snyder. There you go. Fun. Yep. <laughs> the, the guy is all over the place. He had well, he's contributed to so many developers out there, um, and he's got this 
style and I've gotten to where I can almost pick it out. So like if I'm doing image searches and I, I use his wallpapers quite a lot. And so, so I can like do an image search and almost spot, Hey, that's Carl's work. So, yeah. Well, I just did a video on Monte Revenge and I normally, you know, I normally pick out a wallpaper, usually with a car in it to do the distro review and to make it look, you know, cool. Right. But Carl's artwork is so good that I left his artwork on the desktop doing the review because it's that good. Yep. Awesome. It is. It's awesome. I want to say something else to about Mate Revenge. And that is there is a software installer. It's not as complete as the software boutique, but it is a quick and easy access for someone new. It would be fantastic because all they have to do is go in and click on the applications and there's tabbed categories. All they have to do is click on the application and hit install. Uh, again, not as full as the software boutique is, but I want to add to that for folks who want to go deeper. The other huge benefit there is you've got full access to the AUR or the Arch user repository. So it just opens you up to all that software. Well, I was going to say, because no, the software installation tool is not as full-featured as the boutique. But when you add that along to the AUR, all the AUR is one click as well. I think it works out perfect. Yep. Well, check it out. And uh, so you're, you've got a video coming up on that then. I got a video. And by the time this releases, it'll it'll be released. Well, the video that I'm doing is will be released. It's done. Okay. It's edited. I just haven't had the time or too lazy to upload it. No, I just, no, I just haven't had the time to upload it yet. Well, definitely check out Rocco's video. And um, I am thinking I will also do a video on that. But we want to give a shout out to uh, Sudo Reboot, who has already got a video out on Mate Revenge. So and so does David Linux and other stuff. Okay, so he's got one released too. So both both of those channels, check them out uh, to, to get a look at that. Uh, Rocco and I will be the lazy ones in the group. Yeah, we'll be late. That's all. <laughs> so Rob, let's Ubuntu has been in the news lately. What? Who, who, yeah. Who, who, yeah. What, I what's mean, this they've been like all over the news and I don't know. Sometimes it, you, it's kind of overwhelming of how much Ubuntu has been in the news lately. But so I figured we'll just start out with Ubuntu and get it out of the way. That let's way do it's it. done. Okay. Let's, so seventeen ten will be out on October nineteenth, and that will be using GNOME three point two six. So originally they had said that GNOME would be default in eighteen oh four. Yeah, but they have upped the ante, I guess you could say, and pushed it. And I guess I can see why. You know, you may not, it may not be the best idea to put a new desktop environment, or not a new one, but a different desktop environment in your LTS. So I think they want to get it into 17.10, push it in there, and get all the bugs worked out before they actually hit 18.04. But it is um, called Artful Aardvark. Say that fast five times, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, <laughs> at least we can pronounce it. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Rocco, that... Actually, when I first saw that, that was surprising because, as you said, they had announced uh, in version 18 that we would see the change. So that just tells you that things are rapidly accelerating internally uh, with 
with their plans. And so, you know, and that that falls in line with our next story here, which is that security updates for Ubuntu phone are going to end in June. Um, how many users? I have no clue how many users there. Did you ever buy one of the Ubuntu phones? No, no, never did. Well, I know there's a couple people, more than a couple, but I know a. <laughs> I should say I know a couple people that have, but I have never uh, purchased one myself. So would have loved to try it out. Of course, I'm not going to go buy one now. Uh, I'm sure on eBay you'll see one listed for three thousand dollars one day because it'll be some rare oddity, you know. Well, I'm uh, sure you can find one on eBay, and you would have updates till June. That's right, till June of this year. And uh, But here's going to be the problem. So the Ubuntu store is going to close at the end of the year. And so after this date, the users will no longer be able to download apps from the store. And developers will not be able to push updates or bug fixes. And the developers are going to have to make a decision. They're either going to have to make their app free or pull it from the store. So it's... I mean, this isn't going to be a slow death. This is going to be a you're out of oxygen death, you know. Well, they say, Rob, that it's going to still work after I, the date. I, I'd say that it will. It will. And if you've got all the apps and they're all good, but, man, you think about it, Rocco. Uh, security updates and things are not going to No security happen. updates. Right? No security, man. So. No bug fixes. Nothing. Yeah, I wish we had some taps music. We would play it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Ubuntu Budgie came out in 1704, but Budgie Desktop 10.3 was not able to make it into the cut of 1704 release because of the freeze on it. But there is a way to install 10.3 in 1704 if you're running budgie and you want the new features and it does have quite a new quite a few new features in it including uh applets and uh, the tab switcher and if you want to do that you can either add a repository to it or you can just go to the recommend uh, the welcome screen and in the welcome screen itself it has a recommendations tab and you click on that and the first thing you'll see is to enable the Backports repository. Once you click on that, it'll update, and you can just go to your software updater, and it will pull in the 10.3. Now, you recently were running, you or you did a video with uh, Ubuntu Budgie. I did, and it is actually a really nice-looking desktop. Um, you know, we I had done videos on Solus before. You had done videos on Solus before, right. Budgie, and it looks Budgie itself looks great, um, but you combine uh, Budgie with uh, the Ubuntu software if that's what you need. And for me, that's what I need. It looks great, and you have the availability to install whatever software you need to. And that's where it hits the mark for me. Yeah. I'm not quite a fan of the menu because I prefer maybe a full screen menu or a larger menu. And it's kind of like limited on the menu itself. But as far as everything else is concerned, it ran well. I didn't have no problems with it. And um, you apply themes to it, applies all the way across. It, yeah. And uh, I applied one of the new, that new pop theme to it, and it looked great. So, well, I, the last uh, video I did, of course, I was running Solus and, um, 
you know, was determined that that was going to be my daily driver for some time. And it was, it was ran into a couple pieces of software that I just could not get to run. And one of those was zoom. And so, uh, Ike, no alarms here, no need to, to rush out and, <laughs> and, uh, get zoom in place. But, um, and you know, we had, hint. we had to have zoom. <laughs> yeah. Hint, hint. <laughs> oh man. So, um, you gotta love Ike. The man's worked so hard, but, um, I mean, I just, the more I used it, the more I thought, man, this is really it from a, from a, just a user desktop user aspect. Now that's what, budgie is focused towards rocco is and maybe that's why we like it so much we're both really desktop users yep it it works really well no matter what you do and i love the raven sidebar yes Uh, all of the ways you can configure it in there um it just you know all of the defaults are awesome like yes for a lot of distros for me a particular problem that i have with certain distros are the the top right corner where the app indicators are and everything. And there's things in there I don't want, like they'll come with Bluetooth and they'll come with this or they'll come with that. And although this does come with Bluetooth, all of the ideas that are there present in that indicator applet are what I would choose. It's almost like they asked me what I wanted and <laughs> and, I, and I said, hey, this is what I want in an, in an app yep. indicator. And I mean, from the drop down menu for the power options, you you click the button. And it just drops down the whole menu. In one click, you see, you know, restart, uh, power off, uh, log off. You see all that stuff right as soon as you open the menu rather than clicking it and then clicking the power button. Then the menu pops up. All of the things in there are by default are, are the way I would choose to have them. So. Yep. Well, I'm going to say something I think we would both agree to, which is for the budgie desktop, the one major change that I would recommend is you put the brisk menu in there. Yes, I agree. The brisk I think that menu, would put it over the top, would absolutely put it over the top. I will say one thing that would put it completely over the top, and that is the brisk menu with the meta key. Oh yes, <laughs> I, I want. I want, I so can't wait until that gets implemented because I know it's being implemented, uh, but I can't wait for the brisk menu to have the super key because absolutely, absolutely. I'm a keyboard centric user, so and that's why I enjoy using GNOME, and um, yeah, I definitely want well, the super key. Rocco, we've got to talk about your favorite reading material. This is something I know you study deeply. You're into it. It's something you probably read about every other day, I'm guessing, which is that Linux kernel we keep talking about. Rob, I'm so into the kernel that I asked you to take the kernel news. (laughs) (laughs) So I can't believe I'm saying this, but we're already looking at the release here of Linux kernel 4.11. And, uh, it's finally here. I can't believe it. But, uh, I mean, it's just every time we turn around, there is a new kernel being released. I'm, and we've said this, and I'll keep saying this, I am blown away at the rate that the kernels are released. So uh, it's better now at hot-swapping solid-state disk and can do journaling on RAID 4, 5, and 6 volumes. Uh, there's support for Opal self-encrypted disk drive standards. It's gained support for shared memory communications over uh, the RDMA and um, speeds up communication between machines, help, helps with load balancing, and uh, doesn't hurt clustering uh, under Linux boxing. 
enterprise users and gamers will both be happy that the kernel adds improved support for Intel's Turbo Boost Max technology uh, for version 3.0. And, and that basically lets the CPU figure out uh, which of its cores is the fastest so that it can adjust the clock speed you know, in response. So when you put it under heavy load, Rocco, it can take a look at that and go, hey, we need to bump it up here. So it's amazing. Um, it really is. Yeah. And there's some smaller changes. So um, they've got uh, Wacom tablets or Wacom tablets are now supported. The uh, Realtek codex for AC or excuse me, ALC 299 and 1220 uh, are now supported. And that uh, applies to some of the Cabby Lake motherboards. Um, so not, I wouldn't call this a huge, you know, monumental release, but certainly a welcome release. Hey, look, is it better, Rob? It's better. It's better. That's all we <laughs> need. <to> be- <laughs> That's right. It's better. All right. So we also have a release of KDE's 1704 applets, and that includes uh, Caden Live. So once again, we'll say Caden Live crashes less. So there you have it. That's the end of the release. <laughs> no, not really. But I mean, it has it has different features in it. From uh, Dolphin has been added uh, certain features to it with the uh, tool tips where it'll show you uh, different uh, views on it. Um, Ocular got some updates. Uh, and you have now I don't know if you use the I mean, have you used Algebra lately, Rob? I mean, it has the uh- KDE EDU programs that got updated <laughs> algebra listen uh, i use it all the time in fact my favorite serial has it's the little alphabet serial just right just because which has nothing to do with algebra by the right. way k algebra has gotten <laughs> some, some love here so uh yeah it's definitely got some new features to it 1704 now if you are in kde neon you will automatically get the 1704 versions i had to actually clarify that because the numbers are are sometimes confusing because kde yeah. neon is based on 1604 but the applications are 1704 and, you know, you might think, well, it won't get updated until KD Neon updates their base to 1804. But they, you will get the latest 1704 with KD Neon. Okay. Well, I'm happy to see those. You know, I rely heavily on Kden Live. And right now, in my opinion, it's the best we have in the Linux first for it is. video editing. You know? Hands down. Yeah. So any any improvements there? And I have it. I can't recall where I've had any major crashes or anything with the current version. Um, you know, it's been pretty stable. Well, the only crashes that I was having were on, and I hate to say it, but they were, it was when I was on Ubuntu Mate. I couldn't ah. get Caden Live to run. Now, I think that had something specifically to do with my system, my setup, my driver, something, because they were, I was talking to everybody else and they were able to run Caden Live without a problem. So that's not a hit against Ubuntu Mate. That's just at the time when I had Ubuntu Mate installed, I couldn't run Caden Live. Uh, yeah. Now that you say that, I remember that because you messaged me and said, Hey, what are you running? And at the time it was, uh, Mate, Ubuntu Mate and, uh, you said, hey, can you run Caden Live? That's We had that discussion, yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, in more uh, news to deal with KDE, um, 
Plasma 5.9.5 uh, has been announced, and it's the last of the 5.9 series. So wait for it, Rocco. Plasma 5.10 is coming end of May. I love it. I can't wait to try it out, man. I can't <laughs> so, wait. So, you know, I feel I feel a little I'm disappointed in myself, Rocco. Uh, there was a time when I read every bit of news I could possibly read with KDE, you know, with what was going on in the KDE plasma world. I mm-hmm. uh, was just really, really into it. But I haven't been doing that lately. And you know why? Why? They're on a pace that I can't keep up with. I mean, well, you, you look at the last year at everything that's gone in uh, or gone on with KDE plasma with the advancements and the improvements. I mean, it's like a full-time job to keep up with it. It is a full-time job to keep up with it. And they, they will really, okay. So they're not only going to have um, 5.10 at the end of May, but they're going to have the uh, release candidates before then. Uh, 5.9.5 will be is already in KD Neon, although I do have that installed on another drive. I haven't got in there to I installed it. I updated it. I just haven't had a chance to actually run it for a little while to see how well it runs. But yeah, they do so well on the updates. I well, will say, is- can I bring up something that I have a problem? Please, with? please. OK, so I do have a problem with one of the features that was released in 5.9.5. And that is the fact that they removed the ability to open Dolphin as root. Yep. And that I just, okay. I understand the premise and the concept behind why the decision was made. That you want to have people not, people shouldn't need to open up Dolphin as root because it opens them up to wrecking their system. But I'm going to say, and I'm going to say from my standpoint, you don't find that many brand new Linux users on KDE Plasma. Okay. True. True. Most KDE users are familiar with Linux and they've run Linux for a while. They're not going to bork their system by removing files or it's not a common problem. I should say it's not right. your everyday situation where, Oh, this person just completely ruined their system because they opened his root. I know there are other ways around opening things as root. You can copy files through the terminal. You can do all kinds of things. But it's the idea behind the decision is what upsets me. Because KDE was or is the the uh, the the distribution or the desktop environment that you can have any way you want. You can change any setting that you want to change. And you can make it exactly the way you want. And this decision is almost it's almost like out of context out of their the way they normally do things it's almost like a gnome decision where we're going to remove this feature like they did with nautilus we're going to remove these features so that you don't hurt yourself with them right and it just seems out of their normal way of making decisions that you know where they normally will give you the ability to do whatever you want with your system now they're now is that going to be a trend where they're going to start to make decisions to I stop hope, people from doing stuff i hope not because that is the wrong direction if you know I'll, listen if you're li- anyone from KDE is uh, listening go back and read over the past year and a half the uh, issues that folks have with the GNOME desktop. 
with things being removed, just as you said, Rocco, to where they want to make that decision for you. Don't go down that path. That's a mistake. I, I, you know, I'm going to equate KDE slash plasma to like Burger King. You know, their their slogan was have it your way. Yes. R- right. So the, so KDE is the Burger King of of uh, desktop environments. But now Burger King all of a sudden is saying, yeah, but you can't have cheese anymore. Right. And, and th- <laughs> Rob, this is not a huge issue. Like this is not a mind blowing issue. It's just an issue that is prominent with me because I use that. So maybe not everybody that uses KDE uses open as root and they don't really care. And it's no big deal. And it's not a, a deal killer, but like I said, it's the idea behind the decision. It's the, the direction of the thought process in the decision that I'm concerned with that. I don't want to see them go down that road where gnome has gone down and Microsoft has gone down and right. Mac has gone down where they right. make the decisions for you and they say, oh, well, you don't need this. You, you could you're hurt yourself really like this. this. <laughs> you're going to really like this. The way we got it set up, you're going to love it. I'm telling you. So it, please, let's let's have it open. And the way, like I said, it's not a big deal. I'm sure there will be people who will say, well, you can just do it this way. You can do it this way. Yes, I understand that. You can do it different ways. It's the idea. Rocco, I think I've got our show title. All right. What? Let me know. You won't hurt my feelings if this yeah. is not going to work for you. KDE without the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want I don't want to. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All they right. just need to, uh, they just need to, you know, have the same thought process that they've used for the longest time. And that is, you know, have it open for everybody to use the way you want it to use it. That's all. KDE now cheese free. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. <laughs> it's better for you without the cheese. It's better for you. See, we know better. That's what. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. But hey, I love KDE. Can't wait to see what's you know on the horizon for five ten for sure. And uh, yeah, it didn't I'm, stop my love for KDE. It's just I think that's wrong. <laughs> that's right. All right, Rob. Uh, so moving over into some gaming news. Aha. Um, adventure game Siberia 3 is heading to Linux, or it looks that way anyway. Um, we're hoping. There are mentions in the uh, forums and in the con- uh, conversations that uh, they are putting in Linux areas into the folders and whatnot. So it looks like they may end up bringing that to Linux, which is... An, I played some of the uh, Siberia 2, which was a which is an adventure game, and I can't wait to try out Siberia 3. And if it works uh, for Linux, that would be even better. Well, I've never tried it, uh, but anytime there is a good game that's coming to to Linux, native to Linux, yep. is uh, awesome thing. I just did a video, just a blog, kind of a. First, I think it was bizarre, but I thought about it. It was the first time I've ever done just a vlog by myself. Um, you know, usually I've had you or Matt or someone there so we could have conversation. I missed you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we missed you, but, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was basically about kind of I used my daughter's Windows 10 laptop because I've got some software that, of course, only runs on Windows for work and was getting that all set up. And was just kind of making observations 
as I was going through the process, little things that I never even thought of before, you know, after being a Windows user for a long period of time, you, you know, and I've been in and out of Linux for, gosh, a long time, many, many mm-hmm. years. Um, but uh, where was I going with that? Rocco, I lost my train of thought. But but so so but the remark. OK, so I had three questions at the end of the video. The remark or the questions were, could you go back to Windows full time? Right. So the remarks and you you know this, Rocco, I know you know this because you would be included in this. There were several people who posted, I only use Windows for gaming. Yep. If I could play such and such games, these games on Linux natively, I would switch in a minute, in a heartbeat. I do not like booting into Windows. I mean, <laughs> I boot into Windows, and it's just like, every time I do, I just like, Ugh. you know. But, like I said, until the day that, you know, big titles like Battlefield 1 and that play on Linux, I I more or less have to have a dual boot of Windows somewhere. So yeah. it's a shame. Yeah, well, and that's what keeps Microsoft going. You know, those uh, enterprise, the business mm-hmm. world, enterprise and gaming. Yep. Well, we also have um, GOG.com. They sell... Uh, certain games and a lot of adventure RPG games and whatnot. And they have a client kind of like steam and uh, origin. And it will be coming to Linux. So they're working on a client and it will be, I don't, it doesn't say that there's an ETA or a timeline. It just says they're working on it now to have it ported over to Linux. So hopefully in the near future, if you own any of them games, because I own a few of them, if you own a couple of them, you will be able to install it on Linux and play it on Linux. be great to have other options. I've had mixed results with Steam myself. Um, You know, Steam can can be a success or failure depending on the distro you're running a lot of times. You're, You're exactly right. Uh, so to have some other options there is really good. So, All right. So the last thing we have in the gaming section is the new release of Call of Duty World War II. Yes, which, sir. Oh, my gosh. It's coming in November, I think, November 5th, if I'm not mistaken. And they are taking the series, the Call of Duty series, back to World War One, And I think they're taking a hint off of Battlefield 1. No, they're taking it to World War II. I'm sorry, World War II, yes. Yep. They're taking a hint from Battlefield 1 as far as bringing it back right. from all of the space and all of this, oh my gosh, futuristic of walls. And, <laughs> wow, that's not for me, okay? That's not for right. me. So they're bringing it back to World War II, and if you want to watch the trailer, we'll have a link for it. It starts out on the Normandy Beach, and it takes you through, and it's basically a updated version of Medal of Honor type game. Yep, and it looks absolutely awesome. Yeah, and we'll we'll put the links to the trailer. Correct. Yep, uh, it's not. Uh, it's, I'm not saying that it's awesome when it doesn't look awesome. It looks awesome. I'm not overusing the word. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, my son and as you are are huge into uh, Battlefield One, mm-hmm. and um, you know, for Christmas before Christmas, Rocco, I think. Every other day, I would hear my son come, hey, Dad, you know, Battlefield 1 is blah, blah, blah. And the realism of the gun physics, Dad, is absolutely blah, 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 blah. It was every other day. Hey, Dad, did you know in Battlefield 1, you could, 
you know. Wait, and, they have, you talk about the realistics and the gun and everything. They yeah. have the uh, the bullet drop where certain guns, <laughs> like this gun, will only go like 150 meters before the bullet starts to drop, and you have to raise the sight above. No. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> well, and I've got to say, so we got we got uh, Battlefield One loaded up for him, you know, for Christmas and everything. Got his Xbox, his new Xbox for Christmas, and um, I've got to say, stunning. So if if they can take the Call of Duty series to that level, and you're so right, Rocco, the 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 last release they had, which was all futuristic, what was it called? Um, it was Call of Duty Three Black o- or Call of Duty Black Ops Three, or well, no, I'm sorry, no no, 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 it wasn't. It was Black Ops Three, and then it was uh, Advanced Warfare, Advanced and then it was Warfare, in- Infinite Warfare is yeah, the brand ad- new one that just came out. Yeah, Advanced and Infinite, and those two were not big hits at all. Uh, for them not compared to the other call of duty games and um you know and i live vicariously through my son now where i was a big gamer before now i'm living through my son and he even said he kind of said what you said he dad you've got to see the trailer for the new call of duty world war ii dad this is amazing and i'm like okay so for the next however many months that's what's good well, i'll tell you did you see that there's going to be a submarine <laughs> I'll tell you how bad the uh, uh, okay. There are people that like the futuristic games. There are people that like the uh, Infinite Warfare. But to me, it just goes to show you how bad Infinite Warfare is or was. The fact that they were the only way that you can get they redid Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. No, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. They redid it with all of the graphics. But the only way that you can get that version of it is you have to buy the deluxe version of Infinite Warfare. Ugh. It's, the, it, it's not a standalone game. So you can get the game, and everybody loved Modern Warfare. So yes. everybody wanted to play this new updated graphics version of Modern Warfare, but you have to buy Infinite Warfare. It's not a standalone game. And plus, they knew that nobody would buy Infinite Warfare if that no. was the case. So. <laughs> what are we going to do with all these spare copies? You know, we got. I'm telling you. <laughs> so. All right, all right I think that's it for the gaming news. Are we anywhere close to the YouTube corner? Well, we got a couple more items to to go through, but if we're running close on time, we can hit the YouTube corner. Sure. Well, Let's no, go, you go right ahead. You make that choice, sir. Well, um, look. I've been running this new, there's an article in OMG Ubuntu about the Thunderbird mock-up of a new slick interface. Oh, yeah. And somebody has created, went and looked at that mock-up and said, okay, let's try to recreate that. So they made a a file that you can download and put in your Thunderbird folder to make it kind of resemble that new mock-up. And I thought the mock-up was pretty darn awesome. Now, the file that you're downloading and you're putting in your folder isn't an exact match to this mock-up, but it does a pretty good job of making it look like that. And it's not perfect because it doesn't always, it sets your fonts to certain colors, like it sets it to white. So if you pick a really light theme, it's going to conflict with the new file. But if you're using the right theme, the maca or the uh, new file looks pretty darn good, better than the default theme. So if you want to check it out, I will put a uh, link in the description to enhance your Thunderbird to take it out of the 1980s. Yeah, I, oh, that's so true, so true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I almost installed Thunderbird just to try that out because it looks so good. 
Uh, it does look well, good. From the perspective of a flat material design style, if yes. you like that. If you don't like that, don't waste your time because it's definitely a material, wouldn't you say, Rocco? Call it more of a, a material flat design. It is. And it. I personally like flat Theme. Well, I, I like all themes. I like 3D themes, but I yeah. also like flat themes. It depends on what mood I'm in. And I really, I think it goes really well with the new pop theme from System 76. It, it kind of blends in together with it. So if you're interested in, I'll leave a link for the uh, pop theme as well. And that's an, that's one of the most beautiful flat themes that has come out in a while, Rob, is the uh, System 76 theme. Yeah, that's very nice. I saw your video on that. I haven't installed that yet, but we'll definitely um, install that. But on, on the Thunderbird thing, as you said, the 1980s theme, I am surprised that they haven't revamped that because everyone remarks and says the same thing. I mean, it just it really dates. But But when you look at the image of the updated theme, You've mm-hmm. not changed the function. You've not had to do any major updates to nope. the program, but it just gave it such a, a more modern feel that that might just updating their theme internally may increase their user base. I think it would, because to be honest with you, there is not a better email client out there right now for Linux. There just isn't. Not in usability and stability. Plugins. Plugins, you know, there's just not a better one out there. And if you updated the interface, I think you'd have a lot more people. So, Thunderbird, if you're listening, get rid of the parachute pants and the Cindy Lopper hair from 1986, <laughs> and you'll be good to go. <laughs> uh, I haven't even thought of Cindy Lopper since the 80s. So, I mean, girls just want to have fun. That's all. Oh, yeah, right. Girls just want to have rocket. fun. Girls just want to have fun. <laughs> All right, so I guess we can switch over to the uh, YouTube corner now. We have got a lot going on in the YouTube kernel or corner. YouTube kernel. YouTube kernel's fine too. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> so this email is from Andrew, and he listens to the Destination Linux podcast. But he thank uses you. an app called Podbean. Yes, thank you, Andrew, for listening. Uh, he uses an app called Podbean. And the last regular episode that he had was number 14, dated April 17th. And that has to do with the fact when we switched over to the regular website and we switched the RSS feed, uh, I tried to change it, the RSS feed everywhere I could think of in iTunes, in Google Play, in uh, TuneIn. But for some reason, there are certain players that are not picking up the new RSS feed. And I installed Podbean myself on my phone to see what the problem was and he is correct it only picks up the old rss feed with the 14 episodes the first 14 there's no way to specifically add a rss feed directly into podbean so even removing it which is what we told people to do was unsubscribe and resubscribe but without the ability to paste in that rss feed it's not going to pull in the new feed for some reason for whatever reason our new rss feed is not in the podbean world as far as the, yeah, where their network or where they're searching for it yeah it's just not listed um which is strange because he was getting it before so but at any rate um unfortunately we don't have a solution for you now you actually installed you installed it yep. the app that he's using yep 
went through the paces and had the same results he's having. So I guess short term, and I believe he mentioned it's not a, an option, but the only thing that we could come up with short term would be to try something like Pocket Cast, or you had the idea of of, of what last FM or FM player. If he I doesn't mean, FM want player, to yeah. um, use a Pocket Cast, Pocket Cast is da- hands down the best. Uh, podcast app out there, but Agreed. if you don't want to pay the three ninety nine for it, there are other decent players out there, including FM Player Antenna Pod. You can try one of those other podcast players and pull in the feed that way. Other we know that, Pocket Cast works. We, we know, know Pocket Cast. <laughs> we know it's in the Pocket Cast library. We know that that will update frequently and list out the titles and everything as it should. But I have changed it everywhere that I can think of, so I'm not exactly sure where. Podbean is getting their network from, uh, yeah. and if anybody has any ideas on how to fix this or how to uh, get our RSS feed in the Podbean network, you can let us know, and we would appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got an email here from uh, David, and he says, "Hey guys, great to see you finally have a real website." Yes, we're happy about that as well. And he says, thanks for the uh, referral message. And he said his podcast addict still had the old feed and he was beginning to wonder or, or what he was beginning to wonder what was going on. He said he enjoys the show. He really enjoys this safe for work aspect of the show. And he says, while I listen to other podcasts, many, I can't recommend to others. And uh, he says, by the way, the email link and the telegram links don't work. So thank he says, uh, keep up the good work and thanks, David. Well, thank you, David, for listening and for letting us know that the email link and telegram links didn't work. And you weren't the only one that was mentioning that they didn't work, but it was probably my fault, I kind of say, because when I heard people saying that the telegram link didn't work, I went to the website and tried it. So when it actually opened up telegram and it, it actually gives you the message to say here, click this link. I was assuming that it was working, but it really wasn't working because when you followed that link through, it just said that you couldn't join that link. It was expired or something. So I did uh, get with Joe and we updated the links for the email and for telegram and they all work now. So we're all good. Well, that's awesome. Rocco that you took care of that because I'm super uh, slack when it comes to getting all stuff like I am just, you know, I thought about it the other day, you know, we've got this telegram channel and I'm hardly ever there and I feel terrible about it because there are some really cool conversations going on within the telegram channel Yep, and we've got an increase in membership there. And, um, so I need to do better. I need to do better on following up and, and, uh, I feel like all the workload is on you sometimes, buddy. Well, I think that we have some great people in the Telegram group. You know, it's, it's, you said the conversation is great, but that goes back to the people that are members of yes, it. Yes. Absolutely. There's a whole, uh, vast difference in people's opinions and it just makes for really good conversations. So uh, I enjoy and being d- in it. Yep. Yep. And one more thing to David's, uh, email there is we appreciate that you appreciate that it's a safe for work show. Uh, we want to, you know, our goal is to keep it that way. However, Rocco wanted to talk about these fart apps the other day. And I said, no, Rocco, we cannot. That's not our caliber of show. 
and you had why you won't let me talk about them. I mean, you wanted to play them, you know, and make the sounds. And I said, Rocco, what are you thinking, man? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, we have another email from Torin. And this is actually an older comment that we, because we, the last couple of weeks we haven't gotten around to actually talking about the YouTube corner or the comment section. So with the never ending nonsense from YouTube regarding flagging videos for no logical reason, would you guys consider moving to another video site? So Rob, would you consider moving to another video site? Yeah, I would. Um, you know, we'd have to explore the options, but. The thing is, Rocco, I mean, unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, whichever way you look at it, YouTube is where it's at. You know, that's I totally agree, man. I totally agree. Uh, He recommends Daily Motion and you you can put them on archive.org. There's Vimeo. There's a couple different out there, but they do not have the audience that YouTube has. And it's it's a shame. But it is just the way it is. You are yeah. not going to have the audience that you have on YouTube. So, well, I'm not going to say I'm I'm not going to say never that you know that we would never consider you know Vimeo or something like that. Um, that day may come. You know, YouTube was making a lot of radical changes with in their channels, and they've upset the apple cart in a lot of ways. And I think a multitude of people started to look at other avenues for putting their media and their content. Um, you know, that seems to have calmed down some. Right. But, you know, if you want to reach as many people as you can today, it's definitely YouTube. Yes. And the podcast, YouTube and the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So Mark wrote in and uh, he says, Ty guys, absolutely love the Destination Linux podcast and both of your own YouTube channels. Fantastic work. Thank you very much. Um, so he goes on to say, I'd be interested to find out if if either of you have tried uh, Chakra. And I'm probably butchering that name as I often do. Uh, he says, I've recently started to run Chakra as my daily driver, and I find it to be a superb KDE implementation, by far the best Linux distribution to fit my needs. From what I can tell, they've been going a few years now and came up with the idea of a half-rolling release model long before Linux Mint or KDE Neon. I don't see any or see many reviews or videos available for Chakra, and I believe they deserve much more attention. I'd really appreciate any thoughts or comments, Mark. So, uh, yes, Mark, I agree with you. I think Chakra does a great job for, you know, focusing in on KDE. I do like um, their, it's not a full rolling release model. You know, they kind of hold back. And I I think a good description, as Mark said, was half rolling release, Rocco. Yes. And um, it's very, very KDE focused. So, if I've never tried bag. Chakra. Yeah, I, I well, yeah, it's it, it's um it's something to give a shot. I mean, if you're looking for something new. Yeah, well, I usually try to try every KDE distro out there, <laughs> but uh, yeah. that's one thing I haven't tried. So maybe I'll have to download it and check it out. Yeah, check it. out. One thing I'll say is um, I have to go back and see the last video. Um, so I recently gave it another spin. Uh, through my distro flash, you know, where I kind of cover it in five minutes or less. 
Yeah. And uh, I want to make sure I'm saying this correctly, but I believe their repository is all QT apps. So it is so focused that if it's not QT, it's right. probably not going to be there. Kind of like a KOS. Chaos? Yes. Chaos? Chaos. Chaos. And, and kind of see, like and, that. that's, and that's why I'm hesitant because now I feel like I'm maybe confusing the two. Maybe I've my wires are crossed and maybe well, it's KOS. Way, Rob, we're going to check it out. How's that? We'll check it out. Thank you. Thank you for the save, Rocco. I appreciate that. You threw me that life vest when I needed it. <laughs> okay, so um, I, I, I'm going to butcher the name. Jalou? Is that how you would say that? Uh, yes, Jalou. Jalou. Uh, okay, so it's, I guess, short for an acronym for just a Linux user. So he said, I just wanted to tell you all that the new Ubuntu Mate 17.04 does not work on my system. Big deal. That's not a deal killer for me. I will just use something else. Um, I don't know why. It doesn't exactly state why Ubuntu Mate won't work on a system, like what problems he's been having, but um, who knows. But maybe we could help him out if he put that up there. Um, yep. But what works for me is Fedora 25. Yes, like all the distros, they are all in need of some work. And I will say to you guys, keep doing what you're doing. Your shows are for everyone to enjoy. And I do. Those who don't like what you say about distros or comments or reviews don't need to complain. If they want to do a distro review, just jump, just jump right in and do your own assessment of the distros. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and then they can put on their big boy pants and see what happens. <laughs> that's awesome. Everyone is an expert. But the expert love the show reviews and guests. Keep it all going. Keep it all. Keep going. It is all good and fun. So that was awesome. Jalou, thank you. Awesome. Awesome email. And, um, you know, we, we didn't say it, but sometimes we feel like saying it. Yeah, we didn't say that, but that's that pretty much capsulizes everything. <laughs> if you don't like the video, make your own. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> so, All right. And then next up, uh, we have. Ben S. And he says, hi, guys. Great channel. Loving the weekly shows. I don't know if you already have one, but have you considered creating a Patreon page as a way to accept donations? Happy to contribute in a small way, as I'm sure others are towards the cost of, you know, keeping the doors open, so to speak. So he says, keep up the great show, guys. So Ben um, and and Rocco, Ben uh, posted this what a couple weeks back it's just that we skipped the show and yeah. so we didn't put this in so ben your uh email uh reaching out to us was instrumental in us saying you know what it's probably not a bad idea to do that so yep again uh we were working on the patreon page so it is it is coming but um it's not something that's going to be a mandatory thing so right that's right so rob it's not all rosy in the comments section <laughs> <laughs> so there was a YouTube comment from Lynn and I'm just going to read this for verbatim. So now this isn't Lynn from don't call me Lenny. No, this is not Lynn from don't call me Lenny. This is Lynn Zelensky. Okay. So he says, please pay me back for the time wasted with the long intro and the opening nonsense. Oh, and throw in a few bucks for every, uh, well, this goes out to you, Lynn. Um, uh, okay. 
Rocco. We do a free show. Uh, Rocco. Uh, uh, hmm. Mm. Huh? <laughs> okay, so look, we do a free show, and we enjoy all the comments. So some of this is, I guess, his way of trying to be constructive and telling us that we have a long intro, Rob. So as a matter of fact, speaking of changes, we are looking to change the intro as well. Although this really had nothing to do with this email, but it goes along great. Yes, it um, does. <laughs> so um, as far as the opening nonsense, the opening part of our show is pretty much where we talk to each other. Yeah. So I don't think we should probably get rid of that. And it is a free show, so we don't get paid for it. So it's going to be hard for us to throw a few bucks your way. But Right. Well, and I had to I replied to Lynn and. You know, I'm. I'm a smart aleck sometimes, Rocco. I'll admit it. I'm a smart aleck. And, but Lynn, so just, I'm going to follow up on the comment. Okay. I uh, wasn't going to do this, but I'm, no, I'm going to do this. Had we known you were coming, Lynn, we would have put our A game on for you, buddy. We would have, uh, we're sorry to have disappointed you. Next time, give us some advance notice that you're coming, that you're going to be watching this show, and we'll, we'll take it up a notch. Right, Rocco? Am I? We'll bring it up. Is that? We'll take we'll it up. Bring it up to the next level. That's right, man. We'll reach for the stars. <laughs> all right. In all <laughs> seriousness, we appreciate all the comments, regardless of whether they are uh, good or bad. We just yeah. like to have fun with the bad ones. Yes, we do, and we'll <laughs> we'll always have fun with the bad ones. And but you know, constructive criticism is always welcome. And uh, so for this episode, we'll have our new intro, our new shorter intro thanks to Rocco's hard work and the last comment we have is a message that uh, Lazex had sent to me and if you remember from one of the earlier earliest actually episodes of Destination Linux he had asked about having audio normalized right out of the output so he had we had asked people on the show if they could help out and give their suggestions and we sent them to him and maybe not all of them worked, but he worked through the problem and he was able to come up with a solution to it. And he sent the uh, email or a message back to me saying, Hey, this is what I did to uh, actually get the audio normalization working. So I'm not going to read it all out because it's all technical and editing the default uh, pulse audio files and whatnot, but I will, post the solution in the comments so that everybody can look at it. And if you're having a problem or if you want to normalize your audio right from right directly from the output, you can do that. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that wraps up the YouTube corner, but I do want to say Rocco that we have passed the 700 subscriber mark on destination Linux. That is so awesome, man. That is it so awesome really for is. something that is uh, really enjoyable to do. I just, I'm glad people enjoy listening to it. Yep. And, you know, we've had a series of guests on, so this is the first time in a while. It's just been our, like, original format, mm-hmm. and we definitely plan to have more guests in the future. It's just time to time, from time to time, scheduling conflicts and things. You know, it may just be a show like this where it's just two guys talking about Linux and Linux subjects. So, um, And that's where it all started. And that's exactly where it all started. And, uh, you know, we want to make improvements. We we look forward to some of the future guests that we're uh, trying to line up and, and uh, put into play there. Because not only do we enjoy the guest, 
we hope that that you enjoy getting perspective from folks that are either you know developing mm-hmm. or doing artwork and various other things contributing to the Linux community that we all share in. So, um, and it's not and, just about what they do either. It's about how they go about what they do and how they think about things and what perspective they're coming from. Where did they start in Linux? How they get into Linux. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so, all right, Rocco, well, I guess that wraps it up. We have reached the final destination for this episode, Rob. All right, man. Well, listen, have a great weekend, and we will check with you guys next week. See you next week. 